Tonio, Tonio, wherefore art thou, Tonio? <laughs> this week, we watched West Side Story, the Spielberg version that's on the list of Oscar nominations. Because we're back to doing that again for the next couple weeks, or just, this week and next week. And, uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about that. Let's get into it. Yeah, so I think it's important to mention that I have seen West Side Story before, not this remake, obviously. Um, and Peter has never seen West Side Story before. So we were kind of experiencing this in two different ways. However, I did know that West Side Story is not my favorite musical. Um, it's a very dance-heavy musical, and I did find that I really enjoyed those parts of the movie. Peter will probably say differently later, just based on conversations we've already had about the movie. Um, but there is a lot of dancing, and the, the people they cast in this movie were very skilled dancers, I felt. This is a story of the Jets and the Sharks. Um, they're in New York City in the slums, and there are all of these wars. Um, the Sharks are a Puerto Rican gang, and the Jets are an all-white gang of these guys who are just very down on their luck. Um, a lot of their parents are alcoholics and they're just kind of left to their own devices so they're always at each other's throats um from basically what it is is the jets are always going at the sharks and the sharks are defending themselves from what is portrayed in basically every version of this that i've ever seen um but then you have this is a romeo and juliet retelling so you have tony who is one of the jets who falls in love with one of the head sharks um, little sister Maria and it's love at first sight I had to dance and they just absolutely have to be together and it takes place over the course of about a day and it ends in a Romeo and Juliet style with a false death and then a real death but in this one to spice it up a little bit there's only one real death instead of two, at the very end of the main characters. There's plenty of other deaths, so don't be worried. If that's your thing, you'll, you'll get more of that. But that's the gist of the story. So I want you to talk about your perspective of seeing this story for the very first time. So I was familiar with West Side Story in, like, name and, like, very, very spare plot details only. Um... I knew that there was two groups, two, like, gangs. I knew the one was called the Jets. Um, and that I there was a knife fight at one point. And that was all I knew. I knew there was a subway scene, I think. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe I, maybe I saw somebody portray something as, as a subway scene or something. There were some subway scenes in this movie. It wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <sighs> West Side Story, I, as a musical, um, I don't have no, I have no concept of if this is if if the plot's about the same from what Autumn said, then I probably would not enjoy it at all. Um, it was I, th- I thought it was bad. <laughs> I did not like this movie. I didn't I didn't like the plot. I didn't like that the people that are kind of supposed to be the like soft protagonist because protagonist is hard you know like the people you're like the the jets are like racists basically and i mean like you know they're not like 
racist. Well, they are racist, actually. They say a lot of racist shit in the movie. Um, the fact that the sharks are a Puerto Rican gang, is that normal to the musical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're a Puerto Rican, less, almost less of a gang and more of a neighborhood security force because yeah. the Jets are just, like, you know, terrorizing the Puerto Rican immigrants. And, I mean, like... They in the in the movie a couple times they lean into the fact that these are Puerto Ricans. They're not like, they're not Cubans. They're not people from the Dominican Republic. This isn't in the Heights, unfortunately, because in the Heights is actually a really good movie. Um, this is this is a bunch of people being racist against an American colony. <laughs> people coming from an American colony who are already theoretically American citizens um, before they even showed up in the United States. They don't need green cards because. They're Americans, um, and like I don't know, I thought I, I that really just pissed me off. I think for most of the movie, and yeah, I, I could realized tell that, that bothered you. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, am I supposed to root for any of these guys?" Like, and there's like a couple of musical numbers where it's like the the one in the police station, where it's like, "Oh, this is fun." If they weren't a bunch of racist shitheads, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, and like some of the lighthearted musical numbers, like that was kind of one of the lighter-ish hearted musical Offic- numbers. Officer Krupke is what he's. Yeah, to. yeah, and then the I feel pretty one, and uh-huh. then the an America one. Uh, America was that was my f- favorite part of this movie. That's my favorite part of the musical, but I felt like in this movie, just the dancing and the the angles for the cameras and the way everything moved and the colorful skirts that the girls were wearing. I loved it. That was my favorite part. Yeah. I, I think that some of those... The, the American one aside, like, the I Feel Pretty one, Autumn said she doesn't know if it falls usually right after um, the double homicide knife fight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I, it does. I don't remember it that way, but maybe... Uh, <laughs> like, but it didn't really fit. It was, like, it was like the, ah, yes, everyone recognizes this song. But also, we're gonna put it right after two kids die, and uh, the uh, the Romeo character becomes a murderer, Anto- Ant- Anton Tony, whatever his name is, of her brother. Yeah, yeah, of her <laughs> brother, Bernardo. Yeah, and then like, I don't know, it just that really threw me off. I will say the one thing I did like about this movie was the color, and like oh, whoever yeah. whoever did the like set editing and the like. Just the edit, some of the editing in general, some of it, because some of it really pissed me off. But like the the color correction and all that stuff, it was very it was very visually pleasing to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like the nineteen fifties. I think. I love the costumes, like that scene in the when they're all at the dance and all the white girls are wearing blue and all the Puerto Rican girls are wearing red and they're all dancing and you can kind of like visually see who's who, like from from the top down, um, camera angle. I. I really enjoyed that. I yeah. thought that was neat. And Maria's in white. She has a red belt on, but it like makes her stand out in this sea of mm-hmm. red and blue, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it was that was I, I really did like the I liked the, a lot of this like the set design was great. Um, I think one of one of the other things outside of the story, so like we're not I'm not even analyzing the story anymore because, you know. If, if Spielberg stayed pretty true to the original, that's really not his fault. And he has, from what I can, right. what I remember. Yeah. Like, I was not a fan. I mean, you liked a lot of the dancing. Yes. I think for me, a lot of the totally silent, choreographed dancing was a little strange. I thought it was, it definitely marked it as like something a musical would have yeah. happen. 
But it was just like, like, and you'd, you'd see some of the other characters sometimes looking at the guys like, why the hell are you dancing right now? Yeah. Like in the Officer Kripke yeah. one, there's the lady who like locks herself in the box so they don't like, I don't know, attack her or molest her or whatever. Because yeah, they try to do valid. that to Anita later. So. Um, and like, so like, she's like, she like stares at them like, what the hell are you guys doing in here? Like not that they're just ripping the place up, but the fact that they're like, Having a dance number, like, yeah. like the, the people, the other people in the play think that's weird. Maybe like it less. I think. Really? Yeah. I like. That. I was like, I was like, they're looking at these kids like they're weirdos because they're that's weird because like doing an, an organized dance number, choreographed and perfectly spaced out, in the middle of the street while you walk to go, I don't know, terrorize some poor fifty-year-old Puerto Rican shopkeeper is like, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, but also. The thing that I really hated about this movie, um, like truly was like pissed off at when it happened, was who, I, I don't know if this was Spielberg, I don't know if this was an editing guy who decided they didn't need to, to, to translate everything, really, really pissed me off. Um, I don't know if we needed, we had subtitles on, right? We did. And that's the thing, I don't know if it was like our system or if it really is like that, but... I, like. And it, which doesn't make sense because I mean, like, it's not like we pirated it or anything, which would uh, affect the subtitles. Watch it on Disney Plus. Watch it on Disney Plus. We had the subtitles on um, because I put I watch with subtitles. So I have bad hearing, and like, I'm like they'll say something in English which will be subtitled, and then one of the characters, one of the like Puerto Rican characters, will like transition to Spanish for half of it. And in the movie, and the reason I think this was intentional because in the movie. Some of the characters go, speak English, or switch to English. And it's yeah. the Puerto Rican people, like, trying to practice their English. Like, speak to English, we need to practice, or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Are you trying to... I was unsure if I was... If someone was trying to to show me the difficulty of being... Uh, or trying to learn a new language, or being ESL, or something like that, was like... But I don't want to not understand half a movie. Right, well, and sometimes the su- subtitle just said, speaking Spanish. Yes, yeah, they are speaking Spanish. <laughs> like, Thank please... <laughs> Tell me what they're speaking. Like, if, if, like, I have no problem with watching foreign language films. We just did. We'll get to that later. I would love to know what's happening in the foreign language films. And it could just be them, like, telling, their, telling each other they're ugly or pretty or whatever. But, like, come on. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't do very well in Spanish in college, and I just was not tracking the rapid-fire Spanish that they would talk in sometimes for multiple different, like, back-and-forths. It wasn't just, like... <laughs> Like, the occasional, like, oh, he said that word. You yeah. can context clues it out. It was, like, conversation, 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 English. <laughs> conversation, right. conversation, English, English, English. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening, and I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but it, it's, like, throwing me out of it, because I have no idea what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Well, I feel like if you watch and pay attention, you can pick yeah, up. Yeah, I get the intent, but, like, I still was, like, it just annoyed me the more it happened. I was, yeah. like, I was like, come on, like, I wanted, I wanted just... Let me follow all the dialogue. I just want to follow the dialogue. I feel like I'm defending this a lot, so I like feel like I need to say that I also did not have a great time. <laughs> um, we both rated this boring. And I don't know if it's... We were talking about this last night, and don't know if it's because like you already know the story of Romeo and Juliet, and so maybe it's a little bit kind of redundant, or, or you know, for me, I've already seen West Side Story, so it's just, you know, the same mm-hmm. thing, essentially. My my major gripe is, and this is probably pretty controversial, 
But why Ansel Elgort? Like, it... I don't think I didn't really he f- have a problem with him in the movie. I don't think he fits the role that well. And I I almost feel like they got him just to have a name. That then that could honestly have been it because but, I didn't recognize a single other actor or actress in this right, movie. Right, but then I look some of these people up and the guy who plays Riff has like won a ton of awards. What, Tony's? And stuff. I I'm not sure. I don't want to say cuz I can't remember okay. exactly, but he's won like a lot of awards. I think he was in Dear Evan Hansen. And he was in Newsies. Uh, yeah. Of course he was in Newsies. Because so, he can dance. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I, I wondered aloud in the last two days was I wonder if they... It feels like this movie was cast with dancers who could act as opposed to actors who could also dance. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of really difficult dance numbers in this movie. And they are all performed very well. I will give it that. Like I wasn't a huge fan of seeing it all the time. But... I realized that they were very well choreographed and like rehearsed That's just not dance something numbers. you prefer. It has nothing yeah, to do with it's that. A, that's a preference thing for me. But um, like the like all of the guys that were in the the jets that you see the most, you know, mm-hmm. like didn't recognize a single one of them. Haven't seen him as a, as a bit part or a side part or anything. And I usually remember if I've seen somebody before, mm-hmm. you know, unless they're really like in the background, you know. But like yeah, I didn't. I haven't recognized anybody except for Ansel Elgort because I went. Is that Ansel Elgort? <laughs> um, and then they they. I mean, I, I feel like he 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 got the look was fine, you know. The look was fine. I just like the bigger bruiser greaser guy. Yeah, something was off for me. I don't know. They, it's just not. They throw the... around some racial slurs involving Polish people because of him. Yeah. Well. And I've liked him in other stuff. It's yeah. not anything against yeah. Ansel Elgort. Like I actually really like him. In a lot of other things, but one I just... Of, one of the movies we're going to watch, once we're done with this project, is we're going to watch Baby Driver, because I really want to see it, and it's got him as one of the main characters. He is the driver, yeah, so... I know that. <laughs> but, like, I really want to see that. I like The Fault in Our Stars, thought it was fine in that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I've really seen him in an acting performance that I've disliked. That's that's what I'm saying. I wasn't crazy about this one, though. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the girl who played Maria did a great job. Do you know what, what everyone's talking about right now with her, though? Have you seen anything? No, why? Online? She didn't get invited to the Oscars. I know. And West Side why? Story's up for like seven different Oscars. Nobody knows. Someone someone like asked her on Instagram or, or something, like, oh, what are you going to wear to the Oscars? And she was like, well, I wasn't invited, so I will be wearing sweatpants and my boyfriend's flannel. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. And like everyone was really upset about that. And she was like, yeah, I know. Like I've, I've reached out and, you know, I'm disappointed too, but so it goes, you know. I just like could not believe that, but yeah, that's what I'm. Is she up for anything though? I don't think she in particular is up for anything. But, it but is the up for movie's picture, up for so seven you expect her, yeah. different things, and that's the the woman who played Anita is invited because she's up for best supporting actress. Oh okay, but, maybe that makes, yeah. I mean, I can I can kind of see not being able to invite everybody, you know. But she is like one of the main characters, so you would, I would have yeah, expected. I just, yeah, I would have expected. Out of anyone in that movie, I would have expected the guy the guy who played Riff, Ansel Elgort, her, Anita And Bernardo. And Bernardo. Yeah. Maybe Chino, if they hadn't if they had enough seats. Yeah. Because they're all they're all like that's like and that's five people, right? That's like yeah. the, the the main like like two I almost said two greasers, two this is not grease. No. Um two uh two jets, two sharks. Uh, I guess that's six. 
two jets, two sharks, and the two main ladies. Yeah. Right? Like, all the people that you see the most. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess if she's not up for anything... Yeah, I don't know how all this works and, like, what they're doing, if they're doing things around COVID restrictions they could or be. whatever. I think but... they have to invite all the, all the, even the actor, like, the A-list actors get invited to the Oscars because they look good on camera when you, like, pan across the crowd and see, like, Tom Hanks, this guy, this guy, this guy, yeah. Brad Pitt, this guy, this guy. Um, so, like, they, they need to be able to see those people laughing. It's, it's the whole production thing, right? Yeah. So I can I imagine guess. if they're trying to limit numbers for COVID... As well, that could that be That just sits a little bit wrong yeah. with me as a woman. I think this 20-year-old woman who is in a movie up for seven Oscars deserves an invite to the Oscars. That's just personally how I feel. But yeah, but yeah this this movie was fine. Um, I think we were both just a little disappointed by it. It almost made me wish we had a category just for underwhelming. Yeah. Because I didn't think extra. it was boring all the time. There were parts where I was bored. But... For the most part, it was just, I expected it to be a little more fun. And maybe this is my fault. Like, maybe I'm just misremembering what the story is. Because when I think of West Side Story, I think of, like, the America song. And I feel pretty in these, like, happy, exciting moments with all the girls in their twirling skirts. And that's not really what the movie is. It's actually, you know, pretty sad. So. No, yeah. I mean, and you said it earlier, like, it's a movie, if it's a movie you've already seen... It's got to kind of reinvent the wheel for you to yeah. want to watch it again. I've been feeling that way. That's why I've been disappointed by all of the live-action Disney movies, I, was, I, I was thinking the same thing. I hated watching The Lion King again. But that's because... See, that's one of the better ones we've watched. And I know. But I, I was bored the whole time. Except for, like, you know, the, the bits with um, Seth Rogen <laughs> and the the other guy. Tumba and Pimon, or whatever it is. Pumba and Timon. <laughs> there's a... There's a in Borderlands, there's two enemies called Tumba and Pomon. It's a joke against the uh-huh. thing, so I always, I always mess it up. Uh-huh. I use that as um, yeah, it's whoever they are. Um, that was they were funny, but like the rest of the movie was like I have seen this happen when I was a child, probably like five times. You know, you only watched it five times. I didn't really watch The Lion King a whole lot as a kid. I don't think. Okay. But I watched a bunch. I watched probably other stuff. I honestly am like slowly forgetting the amount of cartoon movies I watched as a child. Yeah. But it's anyway, I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. Um, it's, but a, like, it's the same idea. Yeah, You're like, just watching something over again. You already know what happens. And like, unless somebody's really knocking out of the park, like Seth Rogen, like, in that movie, you know, he's funny. So you're like, oh, the, every time he's on screen, I'm like, I'm back in, I'm on board. But like, everyone else was just like, going through the motions of being the Lion King characters. Yeah. And like this one, for me, I've never seen West Side Story, so I was getting some new information. It wasn't totally boring or anything like that. I know I did rate it boring. But um, like, it, it was boring for me because I have <laughs> probably read slash watched Romeo and Juliet like at least six times. Let alone, that's not even counting how many other adaptations yeah. there are of Romeo yeah. and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, like the same thing. Yeah. Star-crossed lovers. Could, you know, it could never work. They kill each other at the end. I'm just they like... They don't kill each other. Or, you know, they, they get each other killed at the end. And like... Which does, I mean, technically, it is their fault. Okay, you can say that, but they didn't, they didn't shoot like, each other. I, it's just like... <laughs> they, yesterday, they kill each other would be a very interesting take on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> to have them actually like you know have a gunfight or something, but um no I just I just what I'm just not I'm tired of it. You've seen it once, you've seen it a million times for that particular play, mm-hmm. you know. 
Autumn enlightened me into the fact that Romeo and Juliet isn't even the original Romeo and Juliet. It's like... Yeah, it's based off of a, gr- a Greek play called Pyramus and Thisbe. Yeah. So. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with it. I'd love to see other Shakespeare plays redone. We have to watch the new Macbeth. Yeah, the Macbeth where uh, Denzel Washington is... He's up for best actor. He's up for, for best that. actor for it. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. And we Macbeth should watch is it. We're great. probably going to watch it after the Oscars. Yeah. But, like, I still kind of want to see it. I like Macbeth's more action-oriented, you know? Yeah. Even, even with how many people die in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Macbeth's more action-oriented. Um, and, like, I, I haven't, like... I talked to Autumn how, like, one of my favorite Shakespeare plays I saw was the one I was, like, lucky enough to see at the Globe when I was on the London trip with, uh, with school. And, uh, like, it was, like, one of the histories. <laughs> but it was super entertaining, mostly because the actors were great. Mm-hmm. But, like... You know, it's it's probably entertaining mostly because it's like something I haven't seen before well, and a million times. <laughs> I was gonna say about West Side Story too. Like, I I don't necessarily need the remakes of a musical because if I want to experience the musical, I'll either watch the original movie or even better, go see the musical because there is just certain a certain element to musicals that you cannot put on film. Like, it just is better in person. Yeah. So. Anyway, we've talked about this for a long time. Yeah, too um, long. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if we were gonna have enough to say about this, but uh, I guess I was wrong. Earlier today, I finished the audiobook for Honey Girl, which I know I mentioned last week, if not the week before that. This is a story of a 28-year-old woman who has finished her PhD in astronomy and has no idea what to do next. She goes with her friends to Vegas as kind of a graduation present, and she gets married to a girl. And then that girl goes back to New York and she decides to follow her to New York for the summer. It's all about kind of finding herself. Uh, This is the first book that I'm reading from my book club that I started with a bunch of my friends. I'm really excited. It's a lot of girls who, now that we're all out of undergrad, want to get back into reading again. So I'm hoping that this ends up being a lot of fun. Our first meeting is at the end of this month and we're doing every other month meetings. So I'm really excited. It's like a mix of some childhood friends and high school friends and one of my friends from college. So it's just a bunch of people I love, and I'm very excited about that. Um, I've been playing Animal Crossing. It was Hornsby's birthday yesterday. Hornsby is the purest little rhinoceros on my island. I love him so much. (laughs) Peter keeps trying to be his friend, but he's going to be my friend. And I've been watching a lot of The Real Housewives of Atlanta as I always say except it's like gotten serious now it's almost a problem i finished season five and i'm already almost i think i'm on episode seven of season six so i am making my way through peter has actually been sitting down and watching parts of it with me like last night i was i saw the preview for the next episode and it was going to be candy's mom getting i thought she was getting thrown out of wedding dress shopping but i guess she was just being held back from starting fights but peter was like well we have to watch that <laughs> so then he watched it with me so he he picks up pieces here and there and then we've been watching brooklyn 99 as we usually are we just finished right before we were recording this we just finished the episode with hitchcock and scully microwaving the lasagna so if you know you know mama magalion <laughs> Um, and, uh, this week, I mean, aside from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is always a given, both of us watch that together. Eventually we'll finish it, but yeah, Well, we're getting, yeah, we just don't watch as much, we don't binge it as much as we used to. But, 
Uh, I haven't... I don't have a whole lot of crazy stuff going on. I had a lot of books last week. I don't have any books this week. Um, I... Uh, well, uh, I've been playing a video game a lot with my buddy Paul called Enlisted. It's like a World War II first-person shooter. It's free to play. It's, it's very fun. It's, it's pretty, you know... Uh, uncomplicated, just sort of a mindless thing we can do together, and I usually force the game to make me play as the Americans, because <laughs> I think it's more fun um, to, to storm Normandy than to um, <laughs> than to defend Normandy. Uh, historically, it was pretty even 50-50, but um, yeah, uh, having a lot of fun with that. Um, I haven't really played any other games aside from that. Um, except for uh, my mail boy, uh, mail book club, um, you know Dungeons and Dragons weekly. Uh, <laughs> did you say mail boy club? Mail boy club. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons weekly, starring myself Where as no the dungeon one reads master. Any books. I don't even read the books, exactly. and I should That's be reading point. the books. Um, no, but it's. <laughs> No, it's book club. You know, I I got I got I got I got I got a book in front of me, and uh, and we're we're running through the scenario. <laughs> you know, everyone's crafting the same story together. Now, um, we were having we were having a good time. We had a really good session last week where we were playing um, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is the campaign we're doing right now. So it's a frozen winter hellscape, which has been pretty fun to run the boys around on. And uh, much like Autumn, that's a group of people who. Have, uh, stem from all parts of my life, so uh, high school friends, uh, college friends, and um, grad school friends. Yeah, it's fun to have an excuse to bring a bunch of people you like yep. all in one place. Yeah, Every, once a week for <laughs> Thank this time for six hours. <laughs> yeah, book clubs are not gonna be six hours. Yeah, I'm usually kidding. it's only about Dean is only about three or four hours, um, which has been pretty good. Um, I have been watching the league uh, again with my friend Paul. I've seen this show. Oh, Paul's getting all the shows. Multiple times. Paul, Paul's already seen the league too, so we're just basically watching it together again for fun because it's such a good show. It's so funny, um, and we just we're kind of going back through it, um, you know, watching the stuff we haven't seen before, or watching stuff we've already seen, but just like having a good time because it's been a while since both of us have watched it um, and watched it back through. Uh, so I'm like, in the later seasons, I've I've started a couple rewatches with friends, other friends, but it always peters out because we're, like, busy and stuff. But with Paul, I just put it on. And he plays Enlisted and watches the movie, and watches the show, and I watch the show. And uh, we just have fun with it. Um, and other than that, uh, haven't been watching anything else. I plan on watching um, the rest of uh, Critical Role. Um, Critical Role is, like, their the TV show they have on Amazon. I want to watch that. I've been listening or watching the actual like I'm trying to catch up. I'm very behind. Probably have like a full a full like <laughs> a full hour or full like twenty four hour day of stuff behind in the show right now. But I'm just sort of slowly making my way back to um, being finished up with that. Uh, and then uh, today I kind of delved back into one of my dirty pleasure um, SCP reads. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, SCP is like a like a website of amateur horror writers basically creating this this crazy uh, foundation as like big institute that deals with a bunch of anomalous people objects and uh, um, pretty much anything anything anomalous and, and it's very interesting and there's uh, one in particular that I like to go back to occasionally and just sort of read because it's a uh, it's SCP thirty nine ninety nine I think it's titled I am at the center of everything that happens to me 
and uh, it's like this this wild ride through this sort of stream of consciousness of this kid from central Pennsylvania and actually like this guy from central Pennsylvania and this came out right when I was in in school and he was on and he wrote it in school so it was very cool to like kind of read um, this this dude was about my age at the times like like kind of his his love letter to the site and his like uh, leaving the site in the form of this uh, containment log for this fake uh, unkillable monster thing but it's, it's very cool it's, it like kind of details his like some of his issues with mental illness and some other things like that on his way through but it was it's very interesting it's a very good read and doesn't take super long to get through it's only about so it's like a long web page essentially of information but it, it's, it's really neat um, yeah that's about it yesterday was the day we have had tickets booked for Drive My Car. I feel like we had them at least a month. Yeah, and the seats were still bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somehow Peter got first choice of seats and he seated us off to the side. And I, I swear, like, I always look at the diagram when they have me pick seats. And they always have the screen in the front. And for some reason, the diagram on the website, they might have switched... I don't know if they wouldn't have switched with theaters in because it said it on the tickets. But like the diagram on the website had the had the screens being offset, so I offset our seats. And the screen was not offset, it was in the middle. So we were like a little off the side. I was kind of uncomfortable the entire time. So I felt like I was turning my body to like mm, see It didn't the really bother me. It was weird. But yeah, it was good experience. We were highly anticipating this one. We thought it would be good, and we were not disappointed. This is based on a Haruki Murakami short story. So this was really fun for me because I have recently read Norwegian Wood, which was my first Haruki Murakami book. So it was kind of cool for me to see how his writing style is able to translate into film so well. Whoever, Everyone who worked on this did such a great job of making it feel Murakami. Um, I, I can't even explain what it what it is about it. I think it's just... The, the slice of life, slower pace, it's quiet. Um, that all just came across just like his writing did. Uh, this is a story of a man who is living with his wife. She works in TV. He is an actor in the theater. You find out throughout the first act that they once had a daughter who was four when she passed away. And his wife is cheating on him but still loves him. She has sex with a lot of the men that she works with. Um, she clearly has a lot of just like mental issues mm -hmm. going on. And eventually one day he comes home. She asks him if they can talk when he gets home. And so he takes his time getting home. He comes home and she has had an aneurysm and he finds her dead on the floor. And so then it skips to about two years in the future and he's going to be directing a stage play of Uncle Vanya, and one of the people who auditions for it is one of the actors she was cheating on him with, so there's some conflict there. Um, but the main premise of the story, as it is called Drive My Car, is that he's not allowed to drive his own car to and from rehearsals. It's a company policy because someone ran over somebody else and there was like <laughs> lawsuits and stuff, so they're like, you're gonna have a driver. And so that girl, is 23 which is how old his daughter would have been if she were still alive and so they kind of bond and get to know each other through the process of her driving him back and forth from work and then eventually they go other places like her hometown and stuff um and then it ends really well with her driving away the car is now hers 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually tricked you into explaining both of the movies this week. Ha-ha! Anyway, um, <laughs> I didn't really trick you. You just voluntarily did it. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very well done. Um, Autumn's comments about it being a slice of life are, I think, in part based on the conversation I had with her when we were leaving the theater. Because... Um, I wish, in which I said, if this was an anime, because I've seen a decent amount of anime movies, um, it would be a slice of life, essentially. Because there's, there's not, like, you know, there's no, like, crazy conflict, really. Um, there's no, I mean, there is conflict, but it's more, like, emotional, sort of, like, overcoming an emotional barrier, basically. It's exactly what I'm always saying when I say I like a character-driven yes. story. It's just about the characters. There's nothing flashy going on to try and get you to get anything else out of it you have to follow the characters and feel for them and understand what they're going through yeah and i thought it was i thought it was excellent i've had a couple of encounters with uh japanese cinema before um and stuff i did in college we did these little international movie nights and i watched a few movies there um the ones i'm familiar with are departures which i think was also nominated for an academy award of some sort it wasn't i think it was best foreign film or something like that this is this is actually unusual for the, it to be a best picture and be a Japanese movie as opposed to an American film. Usually that would fall into best foreign film. Um, so this is like a special thing this year. That's like the first time an actual like foreign film has been nominated to be like best picture. And I hope they keep it up because if it deserves to be in the running, it shouldn't yeah. matter what language it's in. And I truly believe that this deserves to be in the running. Um, it was very well done. Uh, the one of the choices that the director made was that they, as a, as a sort of slice of life, there's really no, there's no, there's no soundtrack. This whole movie, the soundtrack is like, it's got that like, that light home movie feel to it where you, you mm-hmm. hear the, or not a home movie, but like a, like a, like a film students project mm-hmm. where they can't afford a soundtrack, but then they just have like the light background noise of being outside. You know, you'll hear like, a little bit of the wind, a little bit of the... You know, it just... It's, it's very natural. Mm-hmm. It sounds very natural. Um, and I thought that was great. I, I think it... It made the movie, like, relaxing to watch. And there, there was some... You know, there was some minor, like... Stress, conflict. Nobody really screams at each other at any point. Mm-hmm. You know? There's no, like, crazy fights or anything like that. There's just people, like, explaining things to each other and talking. Uh, it's um, actually not 100% in Japanese... Um, but it is, you know, main language Japanese. So we're getting subtitles for everything anybody says. Um, at some points in the directing scenes where he's like directing this, this crew for Uncle Vanya, the cast, um, we see, because his, his style, which they sort of, they talk about at the beginning of the movie, is that he has, he does plays in multiple languages. So like, one of the characters maybe not, may not be a Japanese speaker, They'll, they'll be speaking um, Korean or uh, I think at one point one of them was speaking French really? in one of the scenes. It, well, it sounded it sounded more of like a European language than it did a, like an English language. Yeah, the girl who played Yelena spoke Mandarin. And yes. I know she wasn't the only one. And then you have um, the the woman who plays Sonia mm-hmm. is doing Korean Sign Language. Korean Sign Language was very interesting to watch. I, I think either... Some of them were either speaking... Korean, or I, I don't. I'm not a really good. I don't have a good ear for certain languages. I have. A, I can tell if it's Mandarin or if it's Japanese, because there's a lot of um, like sh sounds in Mandarin. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of sh 
style. And things. they spoke English sometimes. Yeah, too. and they would sometimes. They, actually, all the meetings for the for the actors were done in either English or done in Japanese. Was English or Japanese, because most of them spoke Japanese. The ones who didn't speak Japanese spoke English as a secondary, um, or for um, for the the girl who did or Sonia Sonia's character, the, the the woman who spoke Korean sign language. She understood Korean, um, but she didn't get. Uh, she couldn't speak Japanese. Um, and I think there was someone. Someone. Someone was either speaking Tagalog or they were speaking. Uh, um, oh, I, I'm not entirely. I don't remember what the the, the uh, official languages of Indonesia are, but it sounded like it was one of those island uh, languages. Um, either way, uh, I thought it was that was very interesting, and it was because we we could, unlike West Side Story, we had subtitles for everything and whenever someone wasn't speaking Japanese their subtitles had parentheses around them mm -hmm. um, which I assume is for the English audience um, because you wouldn't need subtitles for this in Japan but you would for those scenes so that would be that's like to let us know that it's a different language but I'm sure the subtitles for the Japanese movie would just have given them subtitles for the different foreign languages and not um, needed to specify because there wouldn't actually be subtitles for the normal speech yeah. um but it was, it was I, I could understand everything, and the way that they, the way he does the plays, where you some, some of the scenes that we ended up seeing, you know, say it's it's the girl who plays Yelena who's speaking Mandarin, and it's uh, the girl who plays Sonia is speaking. And by, when I say plays Sonia, I mean plays Sonia in the Uncle Vanya play. Cause she, this is an actor yeah, playing an actor. Every, everyone's characters. Yeah. I remember his yeah. wife's name, Oto. Oto, yeah. Yep. And Oto. I know, like, no one else's actual name. What's his last name? I can't remember, but her name was House of the Gospel, because it's, yeah. it's almost like Kafka in some way. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's... We're gonna embarrass ourselves. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there, there is there is Kafka, and it's like for Kafka or Mukafka or yeah, something Yeah, and like I, the only reason um, that caught my attention is because... Kafka on the shore. It's Fakafka or something like that. Either way, it it's a little irrelevant, honestly. The the character's like name because you just kind of associate him with being the main character, the director oh. guy. Um, and uh, it's so it was very interesting. Like you see, we see a whole scene acted out in a park because they're they're still practicing the play, and it's between the girl who's speaking Korean China, Korean sign language and the girl who's speaking Mandarin. Neither of them understand each other at all. They don't, none of them speak that, mm -hmm. but because of the way he has them do the lines, he has them all rehearse robotically, um, in order to like get the meter for the play down yep. basically. And then, and then they don't even need to hear or understand the other lines. They just immediately know what their next line is supposed to be because of how they rehearsed it. That park scene is one of my favorite scenes. Of it was the movie, very good. It was so well done. Um, and it's like some like, genuine emotion. Like, like they were, they were the characters for a little bit and yeah. he gets up and he goes, all right. We saw something happen today yeah. in the park, and He's even like, us. Let's hope that we can even bring like part of that to the actual stage. And I, I felt that as an audience member. Yeah, you could like very much tell this is different than anything else mm -hmm. they've done, which was cool. And which was cool because right before that, they had a scene where they hadn't fully gotten down the meter of the play yet, and it was a little off because mm -hmm. it's someone speaking Japanese who doesn't understand Mandarin, and the person speaking Mandarin who doesn't. Understand Japanese? I don't think. No, they don't understand each other. Yeah, they're sleeping all. together. Yeah, but they don't understand together. each other. <laughs> but so it's like that was that whole thing was very powerful and very cool, and we, and it's it is Uncle Vanya because of the interpersonal relationship drama in Uncle Vanya, 
Um, and that's why that's why this movie, this was picked for this uh, story or movie or whatever. Um, sorry for just snapping my knuckle there. I, I'm just on a roll. Um, but uh, so like, and and because Uncle Vanya is like so powerful for um, director guy. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's very good to, like, see the main character and how he interacts with the text and how he's learned all this part, which, because there is some stuff that happens, um, the guy who's supposed to play Vanya, um, he ends up being arrested for murder, or involuntary murder, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, because he, uh, he, he assaulted a, a paparazzo guy, or just a, someone who took it's a picture of him. just a guy who took a picture Yeah, um... And because he he's he's a he's like a famous movie star who had a big scandal where he was involved with a minor. Right, and this is the guy who was sleeping with the main character's yes. wife. Yes, this is that same actor. So, like, he goes, he is, he goes really quick, beats that guy up, you know, probably beats him up bad, right? He has to because he dies. Yeah, he dies. Um, beats him up bad, and then just like, and you know that happens right yeah. before he gets in the car and talks to him, and they finally have like a a veiled sort of semi confrontation where you find out that. You know, where he finds out, the guy who's playing Vanya before, um, the murderer guy, uh, where he finds out that, um... The husband The husband about... had known the whole time that it was, that he was fucking his wife. Um, and it was like, it was, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it, it was bad. Um, and, but it was, but you, you, it's like this veiled confrontation where, where they like, they, they both acknowledge it. Like, he acknowledges that he was sleeping with his wife, um, and uh, the main character acknowledges that, you know, he knows he had known, you know. Um, and they, 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 do, they, they finish up this little story that the wife had been sort of telling him in bits and pieces after her orgasms, um, which he also discusses as being something that sort of brought her back to be able to, um, like... Actually, like, like, so she had like gone to a ride after their daughter died, and then their sex life sort of brought her her writing ability back, right? Um, which is a very Murakami thing. To yeah, say. which I assumed was a very Murakami thing. I've read some <laughs> things about Murakami's books, and I've actually read one of them. But I I knew that like weird sex stuff is like very frequent in his in all of his books. I think even I wouldn't say um, weird sex stuff because that has a different or just sex stuff in but general. just these like connections between yeah. sex and things you wouldn't ne necessarily connect it with yeah and that was very interesting um and uh yeah uh that sort of feeds into like these are the things that like like that he's the the main character the director is having these problems where he he knows that he should have gotten mad at her and he was but he was so devastated at the time that he didn't sort of have the chance to react and he sort of retreated inside himself instead of confronting her about this whole thing and then she passed away and he he like so this is like a conversation that he has towards the end um with his driver um him and the driver are they, 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 he, he, he finds out that the guy's going to prison and he's probably going to have to play Vanya if the, if the show is to go on. They either, he does Vanya or the show is canceled. So he's like, I want, but they, they'd already kind of talked about just some of their issues because they have this kind of like strange, almost 
it's like semi-father-daughter-esque relationship. I was refreshed to see that it wasn't a sexual relationship. It was great. It, it was like, it was parental to some elements, but overall it's just like this great friendship. Yes. Which I really, yeah, This mutual really understanding enjoyed. of each other. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, where he, he talks, you know, and they, they drive up to where her mother died um, in a mudslide mm-hmm. uh, up, up in Hokkaido, which is the north of Japan. So they went from Hiroshima, which is at the bottom of Japan, to Hokkaido, which is the top of Japan. They usually drive up the entire country, um, and, and they do it in a day, like, in order to get there. And she just feels this guilt because she feels like she's the one who killed her mother because she escaped during the mudslide and could have gone back to grab her and she didn't she just drove away and he feels the same way about his wife because he could have come home earlier that day but he was afraid of what she was going to say so he didn't so they're able to bond at the place of where her mother passed away over this fact that they both feel kind of like murderers themselves in a sense and that's still something they're kind of dealing with and that they both had these such strained relationships with these people that they also loved so much like the driver talks about how her mother had another personality that she was very close with and how she felt sad to leave that part of her mother behind which was really beautiful and he doesn't want to leave his wife was his friend at the end of the day his best friend and he feels bad that he let that slide but it was nice that scene in the car with the actor we finally as an audience got to find out why he didn't react because what we see in the beginning when she's still alive is he's supposed to go to a conference or something and the plane the the flight is postponed so he goes back home and he finds them having sex and he just quietly closes the door goes back to the hotel she got comical the way he does it yeah she He closes yeah. the door. <laughs> which, which then later in the movie you find out like, oh, he's seen this before. Yeah, that's it's why. The first time. Um, and then he calls they she calls him from where he's at at the hotel and he's pretending he's where he's supposed to be and they just have a very normal talk and he never brings it up. And as an audience member, you're kind of like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's quite a while before you get the answer to that, but eventually you do. And I think holding that back is important because while we are getting to know him but not getting to know that fact we're also getting to know the driver a little bit better so that these two things can kind of come to head at the same time and we can understand their relationship a little bit further which i thought was really well done yeah and then like you know at the end when they're talking like you said they they both they both have this like it's not only a realization but it's like they they both have sort of come to terms with the fact that they can't take back anything that they did and he can't take back the fact that he never actually blew up on his wife and they would have had the actual the full like discussions about stuff like he doesn't want to blow up on her just to just to berate her though he says he would like to berate her because he just feels like he feels like he should have like that's something he fully missed out on um again not because he wanted to be like an asshole to his wife but she hurt him yeah she hurt him and he never got to address it yeah yeah and it's just like, and you, you just, you see the pain, you hear the pain in his voice as he's like talking about this. And you hear the pain in, in the, the driver's voice, which he talks about how the secondary personality of her mother's was like all the pure good things that her mother could have been, but never was. And she's, she's, she says that she's not even sure if that was like an actual mentally ill secondary personality that her mother had, or if it was just a way for her mother to manipulate her. But either way, 
she felt it was like the most genuine like good person thing her mother ever did and no. and so they both have this like full this full like you know catharsis moment of like discussing that actually talking about it and like coming to terms with it basically mm-hmm. and then we get a scene we, we find out they go back down to Hiroshima he 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 decides to take Vanya's character because he hasn't been able to actually act Vanya out because um what do you say Chekhov scares me like the characters he the characters in the situations that he puts them in are so real that you can easily fall into the text and like become yeah like moved yourself by it you become one of the characters because it's so human so he talks about that and we see this a scene of him interacting with well mostly Sonia the yeah. the girl speaking um, Korean sign language and it's it's very it's a very quiet scene. You thought it was a little too long. You said yeah, I did just a little bit. Um, but it was it's just like the final scene where she she tell she sort of comforts Vanya in Korean in Korean sign language, which was very quiet. So you're just like reading the you're seeing her move, and she has a lot of emotion in her face, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, but you're seeing her move, you're reading the subtitles, um, and it's just her like kind of comforting Vanya and saying that, you know, we, we, only, we can only do what we can do. You can't, you know, you can't become more. That You can, like, force yourself to be more. Yeah, so it's all the main themes that yeah. the director and the driver have been going through, then reiterated through the play. And then the ending scene, which we had to talk about quite a bit because <laughs> I was so confused about that dog. So, yeah, so at one point he goes to, like, the dramaturg's house. Yeah. And... That they have a dog. And that's one of my favorite scenes, because that's when you find out... He, he asks him, how do you know Korean sign language? And he finds out that the, the woman playing Sonia is actually the dramaturg's wife. They just didn't want her to get any special treatment, so they didn't tell them. Yeah. So they they live together in their little house, and they have a cute little wedding picture up on the, <laughs> on the mantle, and they've got this cute dog, and yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. But so the dog... So the, the last scene is a... A driver, the driver character, mm-hmm. who is looking great. Like she actually, like, like she she looks very, I think intentionally, you know, obviously intentionally, because she's like going through some shit. Yeah. Like they have her like a little, I want to say mousy. Yeah, drab. Drab gray. colors, a little tom- like dressing tomboyish. She just almost. looks sad. Yeah, just just sad and like like you know like she's doing her job and she's very good at it, but like she's just like you know you can tell she's just depressed. Um, and then we see her at the end, and it's in the future, and during the pandemic. So they're they're all wearing masks indoors, which is kind of cool, because well, not in the future, future, but in the present, present day. So this yeah. the whole movie takes place like I want to say maybe like two three years ago, based on the timelines we were given for character ages. Um, so it takes it says a couple years later, you know she's in a she's in Korea now. They're, they very clearly make make you realize it's Korea. With, like, you know, the language and all that stuff on the walls. And the fact that it's back in parentheses when they're talking. Um, she's moved to Korea. She has his car um, because, which is, like, you know, he let go of his car. Because his car was one of the things that was, like, wasn't really holding him back. But it's, like, where he had all that, all the, like, angst for his wife. And all the, like, all the, like, the everything he had, like, he had done with her and not gotten to do with her. He was sort of holding in that car, kind of. Yeah. Um, 
the fact that he was driving it when she died and that sort of thing. And it was, like, something he had already had as sort of a prized possession before. Right. But he, like, he, he let go. He gave her his car. She's she's moved away from Japan, away from, like, you know, her, her previous issues. Um, she's in Korea. She's looking, like, much better. You know, mm-hmm. like, she's, like, definitely gotten over it mentally. And she looks happy. Yeah, she looks happy. And she's got a dog. And Autumn saw that the dog was... Was the dog from the Trauma Turk's it's, house? Like, she had, like, either been giving it or stolen the dog? I did not think she stole the dog. <laughs> I thought maybe she was working for them or or something. Well, because she's in Korea, too. But th- to be fair, that could be what she's doing. But I think the most important thing is that she she has the car now. He gave it to, to her. I need to see side-by-side pictures of these dogs. But it is it is made clear with that dog, and there's a scene when they're kind of at a park where she throws a frisbee to a dog that she really likes dogs. So it could have just been like more proof that she's happy she went and got a dog. Yeah, she like let herself love something again. Like, you know, I I, th- I thought it was really good, and I just I was super satisfied with that whole movie. It was it was incredible. It was like it was super relaxing to watch. The cinematography was great. It was you know it was, it's in that very real. Like, you know, it didn't look like they color corrected anything to make it, like, yeah. you know, larger than life or anything like that. It was just a very Japanese movie. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. In such a good way. Um, this goes up there. Like like I said, the only other Japanese movies I've seen is a movie called Hanabi, which is, I think, translates to roughly, like, some sort of fireworks, almost. Um, that's about a cop. And, like, it's a very drama-based movie. Departures, which is a huge drama-based movie, we have to watch because it's so good, and you are gonna cry at the end, um, because I will. Uh, and then, it, but like, and it, it just like it fits right up in there with those being the two like best Japanese movies I've seen. Um, of just like like having the vibe, you know? Yeah. Like the every, like it's like rural Japan. <laughs> They're you know it, it was just so good. Yeah, Peter rated this outstanding. I rated it memorable. Um, I guess that would make my ranking for the Oscars. It's still, Dune is still number one for me. That's my only outstanding I have. Um, then I would say Drive My Car is second. Then Nightmare Alley. This is getting hard now that we watch more. <laughs> I just, I haven't, and then Belfast, Licorice Pizza. West Side Story, The Power of the Dog, Don't Look Up. Yeah. Would this move to your top spot, Drive My Car? I don't know. I feel like it's really hard because I, I did quite like Nightmare Alley. Um, I think as a viewing experience, well, they're both good viewing experiences too. Um, for, what I, for what I think will get Best Picture, if it was just between... Like, my top, like, four. I still think Nightmare Alley would probably get Best Picture. Um, but I think, like, if I had to rank them, I don't know if I could put them over top of one another. I feel like I have them both sitting in first place. Like, which is, like, it's a difficult position. Because I don't, I don't actually know what deserves it more. I think Drive My Car deserves to win an Oscar more. But I also did really like Nightmare Alley. Um, and it had more like action stuff, and I mean I usually go for action, but I do like I do like a slice of lifestyle thing now and again. But yeah, I think I'd probably put it at. I think Drive My Car might might take my top spot. Drive My Car, The Nightmare Alley, 
Um, then I think did I give Dune higher than Belfast last time? I can't remember. I don't know. I think so. Then like uh, Dune, Belfast, although those are very close as well. I think I think that that top four is very powerful, like a very solid top four movies. Like if you only watched four movies out of all these, we haven't watched Coda or King Richard yet. But I think those are the four that really do it for me. Like they're both they're all really like entertaining and like fun to watch. Um, yeah, after Belfast, probably yeah, definitely Liquor's Pizza. Then, I mean, yeah, probably West Side Story over The Power of the Dog, just because it was prettier. Um, but then, oh, actually, no, The Power of the Dog, then West Side Story, uh, then. Do I just have Don't Look Up left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then Don't Look Up at the bottom. I can't believe he put the power of the dog over West Side Story. I mean, West Side Story was prettier, but, like, I mean, I still think the power of the dog was a was more of a story. I mean, it's, it's a new story for me, you know? Like, I've seen Romeo and Juliet a hundred times. Power of the dog is, I mean, it, it telegraphed the shit out of its own, like, plot, the uh, quote-unquote plot twist. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see where King Richard and Coda fall. I feel like... I feel like King Richard probably kind of can't be bad, because like Will Smith's a really good actor, and like just the con the content matter and mm-hmm. the fact that both of the you know Williams sisters okayed it like yeah. <laughs> means that it's probably going to be pretty solid. Um, and then I don't really know about Coda. That's sort of a wild card. We'll see how it ends up going. Your mom liked it, so that's good. No, I think it'll be pretty good then. Yeah. All right. By the time our last Oscars episode goes up, the Oscars will be out. So. We'll have some things to look at. Oh, boy. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.